Welcome to the Money, Sex, Business and Awakening podcast. I'm Alex Harvey and I'm a money and personal empowerment coach. My podcast is here to support you to create your financial prosperity, do your purpose work in the world and self-actualize. I am here to share with you what I've learned over the past 10 years that I think every woman should know about accessing your deep power through your sexual life force energy and relationship to money because it's truly mind-blowing and only taboo to keep you small. I blend together the latest in neuroscience and practical strategies as well as teachings and principles from ancient traditions such as Tantra, Taoism and alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to see you in the show. gorgeous being and welcome to this podcast episode. I'm so excited to be recording this for you. It's again been a couple of weeks since the last podcast episode because I have been really unwell again. Um, I actually think I've got COVID. I've got to go get myself tested uh, because it's I, I didn't think I had COVID, but it's been dragging on and I got my period and then I, it was like I got a second wave and I've just been so sick again. And I am feeling mildly more alive again today. You might hear it in my voice that I'm still a little bit unwell, um, but I'm up, I'm feeling ready to do things and I am excited to be recording for you again because it feels like, yeah, it feels like we've had a month of just kind of being a bit in and out or I have, um, and a bit in and out with the podcast. Um, and I really intend, I know I said this last time, I really intend to get back into our consistent weekly episodes, which I usually always do. Like this is a total anomaly uh, that we've had a couple of weeks break. And I also just want to acknowledge that you might hear some dull banging in the background. So I, I now live in Bali and just the reality of living in Bali is sometimes there is construction sounds around and it just so happens that there is a construction thing happening sort of behind me. Um, and one that next to me that was like paused for ages and now they seem to be back at it. So uh, there might be a dull banging sound, but I hope that uh, this this microphone and the software, actually, no, I saw the sound spikes um, before I started speaking. So I know that it is coming through on some level, but I'm, yeah, I'm hoping you're actually not going to hear it as we go through this episode. All right. So today, you know what? I've been wanting to create an episode talking about existential dread and existential crisis for a while now. Um, it's something that I have experienced a lot in my life and started when I was about 13. And I've really, through different times in my life, really struggled with it. And I thought it was something that not a lot, I guess, of other people maybe experienced um, because I didn't see a lot of, I haven't seen many people share about it much, including friends and things. But I've realized that actually... I think, I think a fair number of people in my audience do experience or have experienced existential crisis or existential dread. I use those terms interchangeably. Um, and so I wanted to create an episode around it for those of you that do. And, you know, and I think it's probably something actually that maybe 
almost everyone has had a taste of through COVID and what has ensued afterwards and, and just having our worlds kind of so rocked and, and this fear and survival just like pumped out um, through our media and, you know, just a bit of a interesting time. So I've been wanting to record this episode and, you know, I'm not really sure exactly why right now I'm doing it, but I am. <laughs> And I wanted, I want to talk about it because it's something that I've finally got a handle on and it is a, it's a total game changer to me that I have got a handle on this because this used to really derail my life and it used to be really hard for me to see past it. Not only like did it derail my life at times, like it just, wow, it just made life so difficult and it made my experience of life so much less than it could have been because I didn't, I didn't have ways of dealing with it. I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know there were ways of dealing with it. It just would feel like this thing that would come crashing down on me. So what is existential dread? So I thought I would like start with kind of giving it a bit of a definition and I, I've looked up some definitions to just try to help with that. Um, and so I found some good things. So um, somewhere it was written that uh, existential dread is <laughs> somewhere it was written. That's like the most <laughs> incorrect thing to say. Oh my God. Uh, okay. I, I haven't referenced these and that's probably pretty incorrect of me, but if you, if you Google it, you'll see in like the top couple of things, um, the feeling of despair and uncertainty when you think about life, um, is, is what <laughs> one thing said, <laughs> lol, but it's, it's not just the, it's just not, it's not just, um, despair and uncertainty. And it's like, it's really usually linked to then this sense of meaninglessness and what is it all for? And there's the, the despair, uncertainty, kind of depression, thinking about why am I here? Like, it's like, it's so hard. It's such a struggle. What is the fucking point? you know? Um, and so, um, <laughs> there was another thing written somewhere that said, um, existential crises are inner conflicts characterized by the impression of that life lacks meaning. So that's probably not really written in a way that's super comprehensible, but it's, it's essentially like that lot, like feeling inner conflict, um, and, and I would say kind of then, then projecting this like life lacks meaning and what am I doing this all for? Like, why am I going through this? Um, and there was one other thing I actually, I will be able to reference this. It was Wikipedia. And, and I thought I actually really liked this and I want to share this, how this is the last thing I'm going to share just around defining it. So, so we have a clear idea of what we're talking about here in this episode. So, um, the Wikipedia um, has broken it into kind of these two sections, so an emotional component and a cognitive component. So the emotional component of like this sense of existential dread or existential crisis is um, the feelings, the feelings that are provoked are like this emotional pain, despair, helplessness, guilt, anxiety, and loneliness. And the cognitive components, the mental components, 
um, with this associated uh, with this problem of meaninglessness and loss of it says the loss of personal values and reflections upon one's own mortality, which I would just really boil down to the the meaninglessness and like what is this all for? Fuck. You know, it's hard, there's complexities, there's struggle. You look around now in this day and age, we've got the news, which is constantly reflecting to us the um, the struggle side of life and humanity and what goes on. And it's just like, fuck, man, what's the fucking point? Like, why am I here, <laughs> you know, like doing whatever the fuck I'm doing all day, every day when all this other shit's going on? Like, so all of that is that kind of, that's existential crisis, existential dread. Like that's what that flavor is. Right. So in this episode, I just wanted to discuss where, well, I guess it's essentially like where I'm, where I've come to with this experience of existential dread and how I, how I cope with it and how it's no longer something. And it's not to say that I'll, I'll never have like a major existential crisis again, but like, it's no longer something that takes me down or that gets power or derails me or that I just run away with, you know, and it really used to be. So just to give you a bit of context, um, of my experience with it, and then I'm going to, I'm going to share how that's then evolved into how I now relate to it and experience it. So this started for me that I can clearly definitely say when I was 13, could have been earlier, but like clearly definitely when I was 13 and I went to boarding school and, and kind of before I went to boarding school, I was starting to become really depressed. And then when I went to, and so part of the reason I even wanted to go to boarding school was because I hated my family. Like, so I was going to be sent to boarding school and I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to get across here is that I was happy to go to boarding school because I just wanted to get away from my family. Like I hated being around my family. Like I just hated everything and I just wanted to like, I was just happy to get away from all of that. But obviously, you know, like that was all within me and I didn't escape that just by going to boarding school. And, and I guess what happened when I went to boarding school was that I was clearly confronted with how depressed I felt. And what I remember literally thinking, like when I would be trying to go to sleep at night was how there was nowhere in in the entire world that I wanted to be. Like, I just didn't want to be anywhere. I didn't want to exist. I couldn't, it was not like, it wasn't like, oh, get me out of here because I want to be, you know, this place on an island, like (laughs) on the beach. Like I didn't want to be anywhere. Right. And that's, this was the first time that I started to experience this real, just pain of existing and not wanting to exist and feeling like life was so hard and such a struggle, which I know sounds ridiculous for like a 13 year old that's at boarding school, but it's just humanity. This is our humanity. And and this is actually part of my point with the existential dread and existential crisis is like, it's not it's actually not about reality. It's just about something that you are tu- you're tunnel visioning on, you're focusing on. But when you're in it, you you don't see that. Like to you, it looks like everything, right? 
It looks like this is just the way it is. And like, look how hard life is here. I can point to all these examples and like, you know, I can point to all the horrors that are going on in the world and like, it sucks. And, you know, and you dose of your own ego in there of like, I suck. I hate myself. I hate being alive. Like all of that kind of stuff. So you got all that going on as well. And, and I think, well, I can only speak from my experience with existential dread. It's like that real personal element of those 12 fundamental beliefs, which if you haven't listened to my podcast on the 12 fundamental beliefs, I recommend that you go do it, do that. But the 12 fundamental beliefs are essentially like the 12 flavors of core wounding that you develop during your individuation, you know, from conception to, till, you know, approximately the age of seven. Um, that core, the different flavors of core wounding, such as I'm unworthy, I'm not good enough, I don't belong, you know, that we've all got, right? So that, in my experience, that completely comes into this experience of existential dread. Like it's not just, oh, the world sucks. It's like your own shit of your own fundamental beliefs about how you're not viable um, come into it as well. So I, you know, I was just such a fucking depressed teenager, like seriously depressed through my whole teenage years. Um, and, and I really struggled with it. And it was really, it was once I, um, was at university and I did an exchange to Sweden that it started to shift a bit. And I started to feel a bit like, okay, like I, I no longer like I, I still don't have like a future that I want and I'm looking forward to, but I no longer like just really, really don't want to exist. Um, and yeah. And then, you know, and then I found if you've listened to my origin story, actually, this is all going to link into that, but I, I, I started to find purpose and I started to find passion and I went on my, um, you know, my, my spiritual journey of connecting to who I am and, and realizing who I'm not, you know, like all, all just the baggage from my childhood and processing that and dealing with that and connecting with, connecting with passion, connecting with love, connecting with what I wanted to create, you know, and I did my raw food market stalls and then eventually like, you know, I, I left that and I left my corporate job and I got into coaching and I really connected to love and passion and creativity and the truth of who I am and my essence. But that didn't prevent existential dread coming back and like slapping me in the face, right? So although I connected with that, I still would have this experience of just oh my God, it just coming over me. And then just like, and then it was, it was almost even harder to deal with once I was on my own path, doing my own thing, really claiming my own purpose and what I'm doing in life. That's not the normal. It's not just going along with like, oh, well, this is what everyone does. And it's just life, you know, like I was really carving my own path and it would make the existential dread when it hit actually even more challenging because it would be even more like, what am I fucking doing with my life? Why am I doing this? You know, like what does this doesn't matter? Like, you know, that kind of real purposelessness coming in, like none of this matters, you know, following your path and your truth doesn't matter. Like life is a struggle. It's all, you know, it just doesn't matter. I'm never good. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be what I want. And just this existential dread and then finding it like 
really hard to get out of bed in the morning and just crying every day when I woke up. Like I remember this particular phase I went through, which was just before I left Byron. And man, it was intense. And and I realized like, whoa, okay, this is so intense. I've got to do something about this. I've got to like literally like be just so disciplined with exercise and what I'm eating and um, doing a gratitude practice because otherwise this is just taking over, right? And and then this this happened to this would this would come over me once I moved to Melbourne. Again, I was still on my path. I was doing what I wanted, I was doing what I cared about, I was doing what I was passionate about, but I would still have this existential dread like pop its head up and then just envelop me and just give me this one single viewpoint about life. Um, and, and it was so convincing that I, when I was in it, I couldn't see my way out of that. And that this tends to be the experience. So if you experience this, this, I'm going to like, I'm going to be guessing like this is the experience you would have too. When you have it, it's like, it takes over and it just seems like that's the way life is. And it almost seems like you're waking up to the reality of life, right? That's, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. This is the reality of life. This is just the reality of it. And, you know, I've just been delusional in thinking it was anything else and that it was great and it was awesome and it was magical and there was purpose in the things I was finding purpose in, right? So you can probably relate to that if you've experienced this, or maybe you're experiencing it right now, you know, and that's, that's what, that's what would happen in these waves. And I would question everything I was doing and like, should I be doing this? And, you know, like, and it was, it was such a stronger or more derailing experience when I was the one really choosing this is my purpose. This is my path in life, you know, because then when that, when that is thrown up and you, and you're doubting that it's like, well, what am I even doing? What is even the meaning of anything? What is the point? And so if you are, you know, if you're also following a path, that's not just the, the path that's accepted by society. And, you know, it really takes your will and your, um, like your inner knowing and your passion and your dedication to follow your path, then when you experience something like this, it's, it's completely disorientating. It's like, you know, it's completely throws into question everything that you're choosing and how you're choosing to live your life. And that can be pretty destabilizing. That can be, you know, pretty difficult to deal with, right? So here's, here's how I, I started to get a handle on it and it was in the, it's been in the last like two, three years, um, that, that I have is that I actually started to see it. Firstly, I started to see it as an egoic strategy and illusion. That's like this, my ego throws this up. My ego is the one that that has an issue. Like my ego is the one that has an issue with there being no purpose um, and meaning in life. And that then I've got to make some other kind of meaning about that and how I live my life. So it's my ego that throws it up. It's an egoic strategy. It's not real. Um, and so the very first, like that is so helpful. And the better you can be at doing that, the less of a thing this is even going to become in your life. Like seriously, 
if you can just recognize from the get-go, from the beginning, this is my ego, this is not reality, this is not truth. The problem is like it's very convincing that this that this actually is reality. Like the, the reality that your ego is presenting to you, this existential dread version of reality, like the, the seductive thing is that it looks like, oh, this is actually reality and I've been in delusion. But what you've got to recognize is that is not true. This is not real. That is not true. And this is your ego's perspective. This is your ego's perspective and your ego's experience of what is going on. And so what I've found um, is just firstly this that being really helpful and just even like this concept of how you fit into that, like because you're going to have your version when you experience this existential dread, existential crisis, like your version of then what that means for you in your life. And it could be that your whole life is going to be a struggle. You'll never get what you want. Like um, things will never work out for you. Like it's always going to be like X. It's always going to be like Y, right? So recognizing that all is your ego fabrication. Like that is not true. That's not reality. And, and that's just your ego's like experience of life. And it's probably always going to be like, you know, it's, so it's not, so I guess what I'm getting at with that nuance is like, it's not true. It's not real. And it's a story your ego is going to always want to tell you. Um, and, and can always like, and if you choose to give it the power and opt into that version of reality, that will be your life. Like that will be your version of reality. Right. But it, but it, at any moment you can stop that at any moment. Like that doesn't, that's, you're not, um, you're not destined for that to be your entire life. So on the one element or on the one side, there is actually an element of making peace with sometimes feeling that, and that's okay. So I think the other thing that comes up with the existential dread is like really just not being okay with it being that way, right? So on the one hand is going, you know what? It's okay if I feel this sometimes. And part of what enables you to do that is to go, because this is not, and like, this is not the way it is. Like, this is not the entirety of reality. This is not what um, my whole life is going to be or what life is about. And it's okay if I, if I feel like this sometimes. It's okay if I feel that sometimes though. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. You know, it, do, it doesn't matter if sometimes I feel like there's no meaning in anything and I'm questioning everything about myself and life. Okay, that's okay. You know, and you can see already how much that takes the power out of it just to go like, it's okay to sometimes have that experience. I don't need to be afraid of that experience because I think what happens is sometimes then we actually build fear around having that experience and fear around going into that doubt and questioning ourselves. And when we're okay with it, you almost don't even have to go into the questioning and indulge the questioning and just go, like just okay that I'm feeling this. Like that's all right. Um, and then the the second thing that I've found just so helpful because you know when if this comes on as a very strong feeling, like it's one thing to go, okay, it's like it's okay that I'm feeling this. The second thing that I find really helpful is to go, and this is not everything. Like this is 
even if you want to entertain the part of yourself that's convinced, like, you can't argue with me. See, look at all the struggle. You can't argue with me. See, there is no meaning, right? Be like, okay, okay, fair. Like, all right, yeah. Struggle, struggle exists. You know, there is as a part of life and life on planet earth and like all every species living on planet earth as a a part of that experience is survival right and the thing with existential dread is like when you just get it just feels like the survival element is just all that there is and there's nothing else right so what's the fucking point right so it's like yes there is a survival element to life there is a struggle element there are there is suffering that does exist Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to like gaslight myself or spiritual bypass the fact that those things exist. And sometimes life is hard, right? And mostly we make it hard, but also like, you know, all of that, all of that is part of existence. And here's, here's like the golden key is like, and it's not all of existence. It's just, think of it as like, think of it as like you've got a microscope and you, you put that microscope on an ant or on a leaf. And it's like you, you dial down looking at this one time, like this one aspect of what exists in this entire fucking universe, like multi dimensions. You're like on this microscope looking at this like I don't even know how small a microscope goes like this like this tiniest tiny tiny section of a leaf on the microscope think of it like that and that's what this that's what for you when you're in that existential dread crisis like has become the only thing you're seeing it's like you glued your eye to that microscope and you're like this is the only thing that exists and so part of part of like really unfixing yourself from the experience of the existential dread is to go to really be able to go okay this is one perception one way of looking at things one like tunnel vision onto one section of reality or or just like one perception like one way of looking at things and there's so much more and I had I have to use my will to just know and see that there is so much more. And for me, like when I've been hit really hard by this, it like it really does take will. And it's something that I, I'm also really now able to do because I have a real grounding and centering in my greatness. But that doesn't mean I still can't be hoodwinked by my ego. And I just mentioned that to say that it is important or it is really helpful to have a grounding in your greatness and it like maybe structures in your life or practices where you really do know and connect with that true essence of who you are and what you love and what you would love to create. So it's helpful to have that grounding so that then you can go, there is more to life than just what I'm perceiving in this moment. I'm just like, I'm just being, you know, this is all I'm perceiving, but there's actually so much more. And I'm going to use my will to know it and believe it and assume it. Even if I can't see it right now, I assume that there is more and I know that there's more and I'm going to hold on to that. So the last time, so I haven't actually 
had too much existential dread kind of come over me um, or be triggered in the last couple of years, but it has happened a couple of times. And the last time it happened was very recently and it, and it was a very strong experience. Um, and it was when I was, I had decided to move to Bali and I decided and booked my flight and the flight was in like five weeks. Right. And so this was such a, I guess, I guess I didn't realize until it happened, like such a triggering thing for my ego that I was do, that I was doing this and I was going to leave my little like safety cocoon of where I've, I had spent COVID and I was going to go out like out of Australia, like beyond out into the world, um, which was never a big deal prior to COVID, but I, I realized really was after that experience. And it, and my ego felt so unsafe, like, and it, it just like, it was completely illogical this sense of fear um and not being safe that came up for me during that time and you know and it would completely take over and I would feel it through my whole nervous system just this fear and this fear of survival and and living um and and so what what really helped me when it came on that strong again was to just hold like it was like I really had to use my will to do it and go, this is not the entire like reality. This is one perception that I'm having right now. And I know that there is beauty and magnificence and joy and pleasure that exists beyond this, even though like I'm not seeing it right now, but I know, and I know there are people that live in that. And I know that I can choose to live in that. And it's actually a choice. And that's what it really came down to for me, really cracking this existential dread thing. It was like, it's a choice. It's a choice whether I want to live in this version of reality that is getting thrown up to me by my ego. And it's a choice whether I go, you know what? Like that's not the world I'm going to live in anymore. But and that's and that's not the only reality. That's one way that you can see things and that you can live if you want to. And actually, I know there is another way and I'm going to choose it. Even though I'm, I might be just feeling like a lot of fear right now and a lot of uncertainty, like I know. And so I'm going to put the power in that and I'm going to choose that path <clears throat> because in amongst all the, the struggle, the pain, the whatever that exists in life, there is beauty, magnificence and pleasure. And I believe those things are so important to choose and cultivate in your life because that is what enables us to exist with the struggle, pain and uncertainty that also exists. That is part of like what is such a big powerful component of pleasure and having pleasure practices and why you might see people online fucking bang on about pleasure and pleasure practices is because of how it actually like the pleasure, the beauty, the awe balances our nervous system and and enables us to also have a balanced perspective on life and what's around us like it's not about going to denial and spiritual bypass about the what we might perceive as like bad or shitty things that happen or the the things that 
um, create and evoke pain and struggle. Like it's not about bypassing that. It's about existing with that and knowing that like that's not everything and there is a whole other, like there is just like a whole a whole universe of like spectrum of experience that's available to us, you know, and we can choose to live in the magic and joy and possibility of life. And it's a choice. It's an active choice. And for me personally, it is a, it is an active choice. Like if I were to leave myself to my default, I would just I would just go into depressions. I would just always be in depression. Like I would live in a state of like depression. (laughs) That would be, that would be where my default like ego would just take me. Like, and that has been demonstrated to me through those early, you know, earlier years of my life, like my, my full teenage years and twenties until I actively woke up and I, like I woke up, I, I like actively chose to, um, connect with these other parts of myself and other ways of living and letting go of my goic stories and victimhood. And then it's taken continually choosing to stay awake, you know, and continually choosing not like, no, I'm not going to be seduced into that. So th- what I, what I've really found with, for me and, you know, and I, and I think this is going to be helpful for you um, with existential dread and existential crisis, it's like it, your ego seducing you into one perspective of reality. Um, and it's not everything, but it's so fucking convincing. And it's your job to go, this is, this is not true. This is my ego, like, and my ego's kind of perspective and then reaction to things. It's not helping me. It's not all that there is. It's okay. Also, if I feel it sometimes, it doesn't mean anything. Like it's fine. Like I don't need to try to resolve it or fix it or work out what to do about it. Like, yeah, cool. Like sometimes say I feel the meaninglessness of life and like purposelessness of everything. Okay, cool. You know, and it, so just even letting go of that barrier of resistance, it shouldn't be like this, it needs to be different, or what am I going to do about it, already is just going to dissipate so much energy and power. And then to go, and this is not the reality I choose to live in. I do not choose for this to be my entire reality. There is beauty and joy and magnificence and pleasure, and that's what I choose. I choose to, to put my focus and power in that. And, and on that path, I am going to experience struggle, pain and suffering. And that's cool. Whatevs, like whatever, but I'm fundamentally orientating myself towards creativity and what I want to create and express. And, you know, and I, and I choose that and it's a choice and I choose to know it's there, even when I might be feeling in my darkest hour and really questioning it. And just having like that, that mini process with it, or it might not really be a mini process <laughs> process, like that is going to move you through it. Like you're going to, you know, like that is going to cut down the time that you are going down. Like, you know, that could be fucking months that you stuck in an existential crisis or weeks or days and it's going to cut it like part of, like 
it's just going to cut it. You know, I want to say in half, but it, it might, you know, it might go from being something that was going to be two months to being two days. Like, you know, in half just doesn't even, just doesn't even cut it. Just doesn't even explain like how much you can shortcut this. And this doesn't have to be something that keeps overtaking you. And, and I, the reason I share my experience is like, it might sound extreme to you. Like there's going to be some people listening to this who are going to be like, yeah, that's totally how I feel. Like, and I felt like that my whole life too. It's going to be some people listening to this being like, whoa, I don't relate. Like, you know, like I've always been so connected to a joy and optimism about life. But the reason that I, that I share the intensity of my experience is just, just so you know, like you, it, it doesn't have to be a thing that keeps having power over you in your life or that you keep falling into or that keeps, um, derailing you or, or causing just a lot of suffering and pain. Like it doesn't have to be. And I'm, I am an example of that. So that's what I, I want to give you through this episode is the example that like, you know, this actually can be an experience that you pretty well cut out of your life um, by the awareness um, that I've just spoken about and, and cutting through it with the awareness. It doesn't mean that it won't like pop up its head um, and rise up from time to time, but you can like, you can literally like dissipate and dissolve the whole thing with awareness. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're in it for a couple of days, but, but with the awareness, like you'll cut through it and it will no longer just be, it'll no longer get to like the depths or the heights that it used to get to. Um, and if this is something that you don't experience a lot, when it does come on, you can, you know, you can have this grounding of knowing that actually this is, this is just my ego throwing this up. It's not entire reality and it's my choice. And, you know, this is an illusion. This is, it's an illusion. It's one perspective that I'm being presented. So I really hope this episode was helpful for you. Um, the reason, you know, I, I feel like this is really applicable to the podcast because this is really applicable to everyone carving their own path, you know, creating their own life. I mean, it's really applicable to, to people that aren't in that space as well, but I know that this is something that people experience a lot when they are building their own businesses, diverting from the norm, connecting with a sense of purpose and passion within themselves and pursuing that. And then this, this is like a very common thing that ego will throw up to counter all of that. Um, so I, I just, I hope that this has been valuable for you. If it has, I would love to hear about it. I would love for you to send me a message on Instagram. My handle is at alexh.co. And, you know, and if this is something you struggle with, I would encourage you really to like somehow bookmark this episode, like save the link to it somewhere or favorite it or however the hell you bookmark um, episodes, whatever, whatever way is going to work for you to know you can find it and come back to it and just come back to it whenever you are feeling that um, whenever you need it. Cause I know, like, I know, <laughs> don't worry. Like I know that it's a very, intense experience to have and it's a very intense experience to have also when maybe you experience that not a lot of people around you really get it um or like they just they just don't have 
they just don't, um, yeah, experience those depths of despair, hopelessness, meaninglessness that you do. And I get it. Like I really fully get it. And I just want you to know it's really normal. So I will leave it at that. I'm sending you so much love and I'm so excited to have you here and to be sharing this with you. And I will see you in the next episode.